0: Amen. Thank you for being here this morning. Uh, We'll be in Acts chapter 3 today. Um, I'm really excited about this book. It reveals some things in me that I don't like. Right? It reveals a few things in me that are uncomfortable. It reveals in me a need to shift and adjust my life in order to follow God better. Right? To know Him better. That's the purpose, right? That's why we're here, to know God better, to live in a more right relationship today than we did yesterday. And we know, as we found out, that this should be called the acts of the Spirit, right? Watching the Holy Spirit move in the church, His people. And it's uncomfortable, as we talked about last week. It can be uncomfortable when God's Spirit begins to work and move. It's not magic or voodoo, it's just uncontrollable sometimes it's not something we get a harness and dictate what happens and that's hard for us at least it's hard for me maybe it's easier for you I don't know we're going to talk about something that happened which is pretty incredible and I want to challenge you in this two things I want to challenge you I want to challenge you to be aware of your response to this historical account this is not um, a story made up. This is actual history. I want you to be aware of your response to this, okay? And then I want to see, I would love for you to kind of, as we're reading through, see what it reflects. And we'll get to the answer so you'll know if you got it right or wrong. I just want to give you something to do so you pay attention. Okay, there's, we're going to go through this particular account in Acts chapter 3. I want to see if you can pick out what it, it reflects. It's a, it reflects something greater. Um, I get recommendations, but sometimes, hey, Johnny, will you do a rec for me? And sometimes I wonder, I was like, you might want to find somebody that, you know, has a little more clout, <laughs> you know? I always feel good if a recommendation works, like maybe my name worked. Uh, I don't get very many, so maybe it doesn't, I don't know, but I do get them. Or, like books, when you go look at books, right, you look at the author, but then what do you do? You look at who recommended, you look at the names, right? This is any author that's trying to sell a book. Make sure that the names that endorse the book have some credibility, right? Right? Names matter. It's not just about um, identification, names carry with them what? Authority and power and credibility. You look at Instagram posts my favorite subject of all time, right? People are kind of, look, if you took a picture with a pro athlete, you know you're gonna post that. You're like, guess who I saw? Name, 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 name drop, right? It, we, we like to name drop, right? If you see somebody at the supermarket or the beach, when I lived in Hawaii, <laughs> drop that. Uh, <laughs> <when> I, <laughs> I met a whole bunch of people. I did. It's because people go to Hawaii. It's not like I did anything to earn it. I just that's where people go and I happen to be there. So see somebody on the beach, hey, can I get a picture? All right, we name drop, we love this because it gives us what? Some credibility. Oh. Oh, Natalie met Jerry Maguire. Hello. You get in the front row, that's what you get. You get to be part of the sermon if you're in the front couple rows. Or if I know you and you're in the then. But it gives us some credibility, and today's no different. The name we're going to talk about today in the book of Acts is not just a name, but the name. The name we're going to talk about today doesn't have some power or authority. He has all the power and authority. The name we're going to talk about today and next, next week as well, chapters 3 and 4 specifically, are all about the name of Jesus, and this name and our association with it, not just with the name, but the person of Jesus, gives some measure of power and authority and credibility. And I'm not sure that I always live like that. I'm not sure that I always understand the person that I am connected to. I don't know if I always believe the power and authority and credibility that comes from being connected to Jesus. And the only way I know that and the reason I know that is because my wife, or not my wife, don't tell her I said that, my life looks a certain way. My wife is wonderful. My life is not always wonderful. And sometimes, right, I have to question I wonder why I don't use this name more. It's easy for me to throw out a bunch of other names. We're quick to take pictures with other people and name drop somebody who might be up in the organization so that we can get a job so that, you know, it's who you know. It's who you know. And these disciples that we're gonna get into, that we talk about this next section in Acts that, that Luke wrote to Theophilus, paints this picture about their connection with Jesus and the power, authority, and credibility that comes from his name. So I want you to be paying attention. I want you to see how you respond to the story we're about to read, this actual history. And then I also want you to see if you can guess what it reflects, something greater than just the story itself. You guys ready to dive in? Let's dive in and see about this name Little background. The greatest concern for these believers was that the name of Jesus be glorified. We have this cool slogan at our church. What is it? Wow, that's like two people. What was it? Radically focused focused on Jesus. Radically focused. Thank you, Nat. Nat got in the front row. Radically focused on Jesus. And this is what the disciples were about. And it's what every Christian should be about, right? Glorifying the name of the one who saved us. In the things that we say, in the things that we do, and this is what they were about, and this is what we should be about. So I'm gonna back up just a little bit. Let's look at chapter two. We ended with this and went into communion last week. But it says this in verse 43. It says, everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. Everyone was filled with awe and wonder. That just reflects a church service that you go to, right? Everybody came filled with awe and wonder. This week, you saw the hand of God move, the Holy Spirit working through his believers, and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I get to be a part of this. That's how your week went too? Nervous laughter does not leave me with a lot of confidence. But this is what the experience was of the early church. Why wouldn't it be ours? Why isn't it mine more often? It says they were filled with wonder. And so Luke is going to write about one of these such wonders and miracles. It says, one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at about three in the afternoon. Now, what you see from this point forward is the gradual movement from Jewish tradition to following Christ, right? And so they were still doing some of the Jewish traditions, going up to the temple to pray, as they were learning what it meant to follow Jesus right, to be the, become the Christian church. And we'll see this gradual shift from Jewish tradition to following Jesus, right? No believer now would ever go and do the Old Testament traditions. It's not necessary. So they're going up to the temple to pray. To, they're going to do the right things, right? They're on their way to church. They're going to pray. They're going to worship God. They're going to do their thing. It says, now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. Now, what you need to realize this gate was, and in fact, beautiful. When the sun hit it, it would reflect, right? And this was the gate before you went into the courts, the courts of women, the courts of men. We won't get into that conversation right now, but that's just how the temple was set up. And it was the perfect spot for almsgiving, for charity to be given, And this is where this person who was crippled from birth, right? He was born crippled. He would go and get laid every day to get his sustenance, to get something given to him. Verse three, it says, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. He was in need, right? And if you look at it, you go, I mean, the money's great. Right? But he's crippled from birth. He can't walk. He didn't even get there on his own. And he's asking for money. I wonder how often this represents us asking for something that isn't what we need. We ask what we want, but it's not necessarily what we need. And this is what Peter said. He said, "Don't bother me right now. I'm going to church." Don't, don't hassle me right now. I've got to go worship God. Don't hassle me now. I've got to go pray. Now, I wonder what would have happened if that actually would have been his response. I wonder if Jesus would have come right back down out of that heaven and been like, boy, let me tell you something. Then you need to talk. Maybe you didn't hear me the first time. What Peter said in verse 3 is this. He allowed the interruption to happen. There's an old phrase that I, I want to leave this as a side note. This is a side sermon to give to you. Write it down. Ministry happens in the interruptions. Ministry happens in the interruptions. God doesn't care about your schedule, and He doesn't care about whether your tasks are all finished at the end of the day. He cares that you see people that need Him and that you stop what you're doing and take care of it in His name. Here's what Peter did. Peter looked straight at him, and did, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. I like it as an exclamation point. I would have been terrified. Here's, you know, this guy's sitting down. He can't move. He's here by himself. And, you know, he's probably sitting here. Alms, can you please? Can I have some money? Hey, Peter, John, can I get some money? Right? He's a, they, they were the same people that, you know, thousands of people probably came by. He was asking for money. Please, 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 downcast. And have somebody walk by and say, look at us. You know, you probably hop to, I mean, you probably didn't get that response very often. Oh, somebody's paying attention. Somebody is engaging me. Somebody sees me. And here's what he says The man expected them to give them something, and Peter says this Silver or gold, I do not have, but what I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. I don't have the money that you think you need. Or want, I have the thing you actually need. Get up and walk. Now I wonder how that hits you. Does your heart immediately go, that's a nice story. That would never happen today. Or maybe if you're as cynical as I am, you're like, I'm not quite sure if that actually happened. Or I'm not quite sure that could actually happen. Let's see what actually happened. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. So he's sitting there, and he says, hey, can I have some money? This is what I want. And Peter and John said, look at us. He says, look, I don't have any money, silver or gold, but let me give you what I do have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up. And he's like, he jumps up. And he begins to walk because God made his legs work. The author of life, the one who breathed life into him that created him in the inmost being of his mother made his legs work. Now some of us, I realize it's difficult for us in this day and age to have the faith to believe that this could actually happen. Because I wrestle with this when I read things like this. Do you? Do you wrestle with this a little bit? Like man, I really wanna believe that could happen. But I remember that one time I prayed and nothing happened. I remember that one time I asked for healing and it didn't work. And it gets hard, isn't it? It's hard to read this. In today's day and age, I just got a text this morning and this is not meant to stir anything so please forgive me if this hits a tender spot. It's not meant on purpose. I got a text from a a good, good friend of mine who lost, her, her sister and husband were in the hospital and the husband passed away and she is now getting better. Got the text this morning praising God that she is going home. Alone. It gets hard, doesn't it, to believe that the God who healed this crippled beggar at the temple can heal still today. I know, I know. And it says, then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping, and it says, and praising God. See, what they did, this is amazing discipleship. They were allowed themselves to be interrupted, they gave this man what he needed, not what he wanted. And then, don't we do this? I wonder today how this looks. Oh, oh, here you go. Hoping they don't use it on drugs or alcohol or something that's gonna hurt them worse. Oh, here you go, and then back on our way. Don't wanna be late for church. Don't wanna be late to the things I have to do. When's the last time you saw somebody in deep need of spiritual regeneration and you said, let me give you Jesus. Oh yeah, you can come with me, hop in. This is what they did. They helped him up and then he walked with them, it says, into the temple courts, leaping and dancing and praising God. They allowed themselves to be interrupted. They took it a step further and took him with him. And this is Great. It says, when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. It says, while the beggar held on to Peter and John, I would imagine he was probably a little apprehensive being born incapable of walking and moving on his own to having his legs under him. Have you ever seen a little baby deer stand up for the first time? You know, they're kind of walking on rubber legs. I would imagine he was a little uneasy as he was walking in his new freedom. He's holding on to Peter and John, and it says, The people were astonished and came running. Does this sound like Pentecost, doesn't it? The tongues of fire come down, they think they're drunk. Peter stands up and he's like, Hey, we haven't been drinking since nine in the morning. Let me tell you what actually happened. And he preaches, tells them about Jesus in their neighborhood, he tells them what, what the glory of God looks like and why they should be amazed. And then he goes on and he says, uh, when Peter saw this, he said to them, men of Israel, why does this surprise you? He has two questions. The first is, why does this surprise you? Why do you doubt the power of the God who created everything? Why do you doubt God's ability to bring healing to this poor beggar? When without his permission, or without our permission or our control, he created everything you see and know. He gave you breath. None of us would be here had God not given us life. Why would you doubt this? He says, why does it surprise you? Do you remember when you got saved, when you accepted Christ for the first time and it was all new, you opened that Bible up and you're like, oh, is this true? No way. You run into friends going, hey, did you know that this is true? And all your older Christians are like, oh yeah, we know it's true. But, they're, but, but when you look at their life, you're like, you must have forgot. <laughs> you might know it's true, but when's the last time you really believed it or thought about it? But when you're first Christian, you're like, yeah, they can be healed. Yeah, you can be free. And you get Jesus, and you get Jesus. I mean, we're, we're divvying out salvation to everybody because we know in our guts that Jesus is the answer to all the problems we have. They were surprised. Do you get surprised by the movement of God? Or are you waiting for it? Am I waiting for it? This is terrible to give this sermon. Everything I'm saying, I'm totally convicted by. This happened over and over and over again. And then Peter, he says, why do you stare at us as if by our own power, or godliness, we had made this man walk. This is incredible and really, really important. A lot of people want to be used by the Holy Spirit so that they can be seen, so that they can somehow have credibility in the eyes of people. What Peter did was deflect the praise of men and glorify God, which is the actual movement of the Holy Spirit. This is how you know a fake from somebody who is sincere. When the movement of God happens and people go, praise God, the person's like, stop looking at me, don't look at me, I will not get on that pedestal, no, I refuse. It's him and him alone, right? The work of the Spirit is to glorify God and build up the church, it has nothing to do with people. Why are you looking at us, Peter says. He says, this is by one name and one name alone. He goes on and he says, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers who, has glorified his servant Jesus. And then he goes and he gets him again. Never, always taking the opportunity to tell the truth. You handed him over to be killed and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. That was Barabbas. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead and we are witnesses of this because what had they been told? Go and wait for my spirit to be what? Witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all the ends of the earth. By faith in the name of Jesus. It was not by faith in the name of Peter or John. It was not by faith in the temple. It was not by faith in the names of the day. It was not by faith in Caesar. It was not by faith of anybody else. It was by faith in the name of Jesus, that same author and perfecter of faith, That he has come and been made strong. It is in Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to him, as you can all see. In the name of Jesus. Have you figured out what it reflects yet? This is a vivid illustration of the gospel. This man was born crippled and lame, and we are all born sinners. He was incapable of getting where he needed to go. He was incapable of walking and, and doing the things that he needed to do to please God. And we are, as sinners, incapable of walking to please God on our own. This man was outside the temple. In, he, was in, he was actually unable to go inside because of his infirmity. And sinners remain outside the house of God. He was begging and as sinners, don't we beg? We beg for satisfaction, we beg for relief, we beg for forgiveness, we beg for salvation in eternity. And this is the gospel, isn't it? That we were all born into sin. There is no one righteous, not even one. We all have the same fate as sinners and the the fate of sin is death, right? The work of sin is death. And God who loved us and knew that we could not walk back to him on our own provided Jesus His son, who lived the perfect life, who did not take that as something to be kept for himself, but he switched place. He offered himself as the sacrifice for sin. His death paid the price for my sin and your sin too. And through the power of the resurrection... It says that we have life eternal and that those who believe can enter into life with God, that those who surrender their sinful life and accept the cross and the resurrection as their own, they can have eternal life and walk with God. They can jump up and have their feet under them and walk and praise him and reveal the glory of God to the rest of the world. This is the good news of the gospel. This is what we are to be witnesses to. It's what they were witnesses to and the the call's the same. Whether you're hurting in spirit or in your physical life, Jesus is enough and he is who you actually need. Whether you're hurting spiritually or physically, whether you need healing and freedom spiritually or physically, Jesus is who we need and it's his name alone that we find those things. He's who we need for our healing and salvation, for our future and our hope. He's who we need for sight when we feel blind and provision when we're empty. He is who we need. And he is enough. Jesus is enough. He is enough. And the reason he's enough, because it's through him only that we have access to God. No one else gave their life for you, only Christ. He's been given all authority by God and he gave his life. Even though we don't deserve it in him, we have all that we need for life and godliness and he is in fact the author of life itself. Let me ask this because I think we're all thinking about it. What if Jesus doesn't heal? What about our grandparents or our parents or our sisters or brothers or that sweet child? What if we pray in Jesus' name and it doesn't turn out the way we want? Death does not reveal God's unfaithfulness. It reveals the broken, terrible nature of sin. And it doesn't mean that you did something wrong. We are born into a sinful world. And it does not negate how you feel, it doesn't change that it's hard and that it hurts. if it doesn't work out the way we want it to, it does not change the unfailing nature of the power of God shown through Jesus Christ for you and for me. And I just wanna say I'm sorry if it hurts. I'm sorry that everything doesn't get healed on this side of heaven. But that's why we have a future and a hope. It's a hope for a reason. There's hope for a reason. And that hope is in the name of Jesus, not in my ability to fix it or your ability to fix it. Jesus redeemed all of that, and death will not have the final word. If that man had not been healed, the name of Jesus would still be as strong. If that man had not been healed, they could still praise and glorify God, for he is still good, because that is his unchanging nature. If today you are here and your heart has gotten hard because of doubt, it's me, or because of loss, or because it didn't turn out the way you were hoping, I wonder if today we could reset our faith. Not in the name of the church or not in the name of the president or not in the name of your job or your 401k or not in the name of your pastor. Good Lord, not the name of your pastor. Some of you are like, amen, I know already. But what if we could reset our faith again in the name of Jesus Christ, the only and living Savior? who is still alive, who is still capable, who still has all the credibility, all the power and all the authority for everything you need in your life and in this crazy broken world, Jesus is still the champion of it. Jesus is still able, he's capable and yes, he will return and when he does, it will be in that power. There will be no mistake. He's been given the name that is above every other name that at the name of Jesus, what? Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess in heaven and on earth and under the earth that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. I wonder if this week we could operate with a little more wonder and amazement in the good name of Jesus. I wonder if we would see the movement and power of God again and be reminded that he is Lord of all and that in his name we have everything that we need we want gonna spend some time in prayer. I'm gonna ask those who are available for prayer to please come up. Uh, and as we sing this song, I want you to take the opportunity to reset your heart, maybe to lay down those hard places, to open yourself up again to faith, to open up yourself to um, the goodness of God. And maybe you're not a believer. Maybe you're here because somebody invited you or she was pretty or he was nice. And there's no accidents. And this same Jesus is for you too. Maybe God's taken those scales off your heart and you wanna live in faith. Come meet one of these up front and tell them that you wanna know Jesus and they'll they'll help you know how to do that. I'm gonna ask that you stand up, God, as we sing this song, as we worship you, Father, would you find us faithful to give you everything to offer the faith that made this crippled beggar well because he put his faith in Jesus as we share time praying together and praying for those who need it, that you would be glorified, God, and that your spirit would help us to move closer towards you. God, we know that you are here because you live in us, those who believe. May you find our hearts soft today, ready to give you glory. While we sing, just take take every opportunity you can. Those who are gonna serve as prayer team, please come forward.